Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello! Welcome Hi. back. Hi! Thanks! How are you? I'm good. I just did a little dance for you, but you can't see it, so... Oh, someday. <laughs> when we can record together again. Yes. Yep, I've come back to the real world, sadly. I know. But... It's okay. I would like to leave the real world, but... It's it's nice, but, I mean, by the end of living and not in the real world, you'll be ready to come back to the real world. <laughs> yeah. Ready for a bed by the end of that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> so I spent 21 and a half days in the woods. Made it out. Made it to Canada. Woo! Yep. What's new with you? Um, not much. I currently have a cold, if you guys can't tell. Uh, thank you to my <laughs> niece. Really appreciate that one. Um, you have, you're like, uh, what do they call it? Like, like the raspy recording voice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's that like one episode of Friends where like Phoebe's sick and she has that like raspy voice she's like obsessed with it yeah that's exactly what i was thinking of (laughs) yeah it's like the slow like jazz (laughs) find maddie's new album and out next monday oh yeah (laughs) it'll be lit uh no i've been uh on a weird uh rotation of watching (laughs) south park bones and survivor what a combo <laughs> yeah that's amazing <laughs> it's been a weird time but i mean you like a variety yeah and south park actually gave me my topic idea for next week's episode so <laughs> yeah oh i'm so excited I have not been in podcasting mode for a while, so bear with me. <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute to even be like, okay, hold on, gotta I get was back typing my notes like... and I kept getting distracted, just like good old times. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my lovely, lovely cats have co-conspirated to destroy my recording setup, so it's no nice promises. <laughs> we love that. Yeah, they're so nice. But. So, Morgan, what are you telling us about this week? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you about the long trail. Yay! Yeah, it's actually going to end up being two parts because I know our audience and I know they want to hear about the like spooky, <laughs> yeah, creepy stuff that's happened in the area, which there is a lot of. So oh. that's going to get own episode (laughs) um i didn't know about any of that until i started looking into it for the podcast (laughs) after i was already home (laughs) probably for the best after i was by myself for 21 days (laughs) in the woods (laughs) in the forest (laughs) but it's okay yeah ignorance is bliss so (laughs) Mm -hmm. but so this first episode is going to be like history fun facts that general stuff and then the next one will be our our spooky episode 
so excited. Especially because I was um, super wrong when somebody asked me what the long trail was like a month ago. Oh. (laughs) Why did my like dumbass thing long trail was part of the AT the first hundred miles is yeah I thought it was just the Vermont section of the AT nah that's only <laughs> a little that's less than half of it <laughs> yeah so then I realized that they were two completely different things and was like oh got it <laughs> Sage just walked into this little recording area, heard you talking, and, like, backed away. (laughs) She was like, what is happening? (laughs) Who's there? (laughs) My cats were not super mad when I got home. They were actually excited. I thought they were going to be pissed. (laughs) That's good. Um, My cat was kind of pissed when I got back from Utah, so... (laughs) Maybe they were just sick of Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get started. Yay! So, the long trail is... Oh, first, before we start, there was not as much information on the internet about this as I thought there was going to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, blogs and stuff about actually hiking, but there's not a ton of information about the history with the exception of the Green Mountain Club website. Yeah. Which is obviously they are they're in charge of the long trail. So that makes sense. So that being said, all of this information is coming directly from the Green Mountain Club site and from our good friend Wiki. Because Wiki knows. <laughs> True. So part one. The long trail is a hiking trail located in Vermont. Running the length of the state, it's the oldest long-distance trail in the United States, constructed between 1910 and 1931 by the Green Mountain Club. The club remains the primary organization responsible for the trail and is recognized by the state legislature as the, quote, founder, sponsor, defender, and protector of the long trail system. The long trail was conceived... I should have deleted that word, but whatever. (laughs) The Long Trail was conceived in 1909 by James P. Taylor, who at the time was the assistant headmaster of Vermont Academy in Saxons River, Vermont. And basically he lobbied other Vermont residents who shared his, like, interests to make, quote, the Vermont mountains play a larger part in the life of the people by protecting and maintaining the long trail system and fostering through education the stewardship of Vermont's hiking trails and mountains, end quote. <laughs> Wowee. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in 1910, work began on the construction of America's first long-distance hiking path, a.k.a. the long trail, and it was completed. This says it was completed in 1930, but... Depending on what you read, some things say 1930 and some things say 1931. Hmm. And like all long distance trails, it changes. Yeah. Not drastically, but like there are sections of the long trail that have been rerouted and um, like the mileage tends to change year to year based on like river crossings and bridges that are out and just little stuff. So, yeah. Are there like 
big changes in the trails ever because of, um, like, rehabbing the environment? Not that I know of, but I know there was, like, when it first started, we'll go through this a little bit more later, but it kind of went along the side (laughs) of the spine of the green, so the Green Mountain National Forest is, like, basically, like, a really long ridge through the state. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just, like, bypassed it. <laughs> and now it's literally on top of it. So oh. <laughs> that was, like, the first change. And then there are just some... Now there are just some, like, small sections that have been rerouted. Um, it seems to be mostly for, like, in regards to human use. Like, um, sometimes... Like in ski trail areas, if they're trying to re, like you said, if they're trying to rewild a section, they'll move the trail so it goes along the ski trail or whatever. Yeah. But, or like if they're having an erosion event, they'll move it. But, gotcha. Yeah. The long trail runs 273 miles through the state of Vermont and it starts at the Massachusetts state line near Williamstown, Mass. And then runs north to the Canada-U.S. border near North Troy, Vermont. And like we said, it runs along the main ridge of the Green Mountains. And (laughs) so here's where Maddie was kind of (laughs) right. It coincides with the Appalachian Trail, which, I mean, the long trail was the inspiration for the AT, which is kind of cool. Um, So it coincides with the AT for roughly 100 miles in the southern third of the state. So the first third of the trail is also the AT. Gotcha. Additionally, over 175 miles of side trails also complete the long trail system. We'll get more into that later. Gotcha. The long trail passes through six of the eight wilderness areas in the Great Mountain National Forest, which include Glastonbury Wilderness, Lybrook Wilderness, Peru Peak Wilderness, Big Branch Wilderness, <laughs> Joseph Patel Wilderness, and Breadloaf Wilderness. Breadloaf? I know. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? I love There's that. Breadloaf Mountain. <laughs> There's also Mount Mayo, which I thought was funny. There's a couple funny ones. <laughs> oh, I love that. It traverses most of the major summits in the Green Mountains, which include Glastonbury Mountain, Stratton Mountain, Killington Peak, Mount Abraham, Mount Ellen, Camel's Hump, Mount Mount Mansfield, and Jay Peak. Wowee. Yeah. The Long Trail is maintained, like we said, primarily by, by the Green Mountain Club and its volunteers. There are 12 club sections that maintain assigned sections of the Long Trail. And then... Two other sections also maintain the trails in the Vermont's Northeast Kingdom that aren't on the Long Trail, and then the Appalachian Trail from Main Junction in Killington to the Connecticut River. So that's the section, like, after the AT and the LT split. Gotcha. There's, like, a there's a little section that's still in Vermont after the junction, but although roughly... A thousand or so volunteers perform most of the club's trail work. The club also employs a staff that handles day-to-day operations and seasonal staff of summit caretakers at some of the shelters and then the long trail patrol, which they they're the ones that do like heavy duty trail work projects. Gotcha. 
The Green Mountain Club also receives assistance from the De- Vermont Department of Forest, Parks, and Recreation, the U.S. Forest Service, National Park Service, Appalachian Trail Conservancy, as well as private landowners. And, which I don't know if this is a thing in other places in New England, but during the mud season in spring, the trail is technically closed. Mm-hmm. Um to protect from erosion and to protect nearby flora that's be- trying to grow after the winter. Um, and it seems to be working. That's good. It's like during that season, it's hard to stay off the trails, but <laughs> people tend to be pretty respectful of it. Obviously, people are dumb and we know how it works, but yeah. yeah. So now to continue our little history section. I'm going to go through a quick timeline of just some, like, general events in the Green Mountain Club and the Long Trail history. In 1910, the Green Mountain Club was formed at a March 11th meeting in Burlington. Yeah. And then from 1910 to 1920, work began in the Camel's Hump and Mount Mansfield areas. And then by the end of 1912, a path was cleared from Sterling Pond to Camel's Hump. In the first decade of the club, members built 209 miles of trail and provided 44 overnight facilities, 14 of which were built by the GMC. I think that's a lot of work for 10 years in the 1910s. Yeah. They had no fancy equipment. No. And they were literally physically carrying everything. (laughs) (laughs) And then in... So originally, the trail just stopped at the top of Jay Peak. (laughs) Which is not Canada. (laughs) So the motto was like, it used to be like, from Massachusetts to almost Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Almost and then it. someone was like, uh, we should probably just like extend it another however many miles to Canada. Yeah. It was only like 12 miles or something. <laughs> Love it. Classic. <laughs> In 1931, Green Mountain Club celebrated its 21st birthday with a party. <laughs> Cute. And lighting of flares from mountaintop to mountaintop along the spine of the Green Mountains, which I think would be really freaking cool to see. Oh, yeah. With the trail completed, the clubs continued to expand its network of shelters. The club's board of trustees authorized formation of a salaried long trail patrol led by Roy O. Buchanan. Each summer, Buchanan and groups of students worked on trail maintenance, construction of new shelters, and repairs to existing ones. And like you said, the Long Trail Patrol is the full-time staff that does, like, the real heavy trail maintenance stuff. Yeah. Then, in the mid-1930s, when a scenic highway called the Green Mountain Parkway was proposed for the length of the Green Mountain Range, the club got all fired up. (laughs) (laughs) and it worked because vermonters ultimately rejected the idea (laughs) nice and then another hiccup in 1958 when the u.s air force dropped its plan to erect a missile communications facility on the chin of mount mansfield 
which is it's not the summit, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also rejected <laughs> because of GMC. <laughs> so really, they're like a pretty small group of people that has big voices. <laughs> oh yeah. During most of its history, the GMC has chosen not to become involved in national conservation issues, but has steadfastly worked to preserve the character and value of the Long Trail in the Green Mountains. Hmm. Yeah. So they, they're kind of, they kind of stay in their lane. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Which I feel like is not common, typically, with groups like that. Yeah. But whatever floats your boat. Or hikes your trail or whatever. (laughs) Between 1950 and 1960, there was like a huge push to build more shelters and then fix shelters that were already kind of (laughs) shitty. Yeah. And by the time the 50th anniversary edition of the Long Trail Guide was published in 1960, there were 61 shelters along the trail. Between 1966 and 1975, traffic on the Long Trail increased, like, exponentially, which makes sense if you think about that time just in history in general. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, a very, like, hippie (laughs) time in history. Bold nature. Yeah. The club then launched a variety of initiatives, which included... They used to have, like, trash systems at the shelters, which obviously can cause some problems. Yeah. <laughs> so and they got rid of all those, promoted carry-in, carry-out, basically handed out pamphlets on responsible trail and camping practices, and they also started putting caretakers at some of the most popular shelters and campsites along the trail. And that's also when they started their, like, ranger naturalist program, which... Uh, still is still in existence as in the form of summit caretakers at Mount Mansfield and Camel's Hump where they teach people basically not to step on the plants because <laughs> they're fragile. This is true. And that's good. Yes. I bet that'd be a fun job. Yeah. One of the girls I talked to said that they do like they like rotate yeah, <laughs> and they never actually make them go up when it's like really bad weather. So that's really what I was worried about. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that sucks. I, I talked to somebody at one of the AMC huts, mm-hmm. and I know that they like sometimes have to hike in a ton of stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So does GMC. It's it's Which all part of the job. My thing when I was like, ooh, it sounds really awesome to be up here and make mac and cheese for everybody, but I don't want to carry things. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Anyway, in 1941, the Vermont legislature passed a resolution that recognized the club as the like we said before, the, quote, founder, sponsor, defender, and protector of the Long Trail system, end quote, and delegated all of the responsibility for basically anything that had to do with developing policies and programs for the Long Trail to GMC instead of, because like we said before, they work with a lot of other organizations, 
But yeah. in 71, they were like, all right, you guys are in charge. <laughs> you can cooperate with everyone else, but yeah. you can't, like, bully each other out of the way. <laughs> exactly. In 1986, the Long Trail Protection Program was launched, and as of 2020, the campaign has successfully protected all except for six and a half miles of the Long Trail. So basically, what that means is originally the Long Trail was basically on a smattering of land through different landowners. So you have national forest land, state land, private land, all sorts of stuff. And that's still the case, but not all of it was protected until this initiative was launched. And like I said, only six and a half miles are not protected. And I believe they're private property. Yeah. That's pretty good considering it's 273 miles of trail. (laughs) Yeah. I'll put up a, they have a cool map on their website. I'll put up a picture of it on our Instagram in 1992, the club bought the former 1836 May Farm in Waterbury on Route 100, right near Ben and Jerry's. Yes. <laughs> and now that serves as basically like a little campus for the Green Mountain Club. They have a visitor center, headquarters, offices, education services, all that stuff there. Oh, cute. It is pretty cute, too. I would definitely recommend if you're ever in that area stopping by. Hmm. All right. So that's our little history lesson. Fun. And now I'm going to talk about some stuff that I'm interested in. (laughs) Because it's our podcast and we're allowed to do that. Yes. So seeing as I am a woman and I hike the long trail, (laughs) I'm going to talk about women on the long trail in history. (laughs) Yay. So, originally, all 23 founding members of the Green Mountain Club were men. Seeing as it was 1910 and women pretty much weren't allowed to do anything except for pop out babies and take care of the house. Oh, yeah. So, but that being said, throughout the history of the Long Trail, there have been a bunch of badass ladies that have taken to the trail and left quite a legacy behind. The first one I want to talk about is suffragette slash women's right activist Joanna Croft Reed, who was elected president of the GMC's Burlington chapter in 1916, which was, um, if you remember, four years before women had the right to vote in the U.S. (laughs) So go Joanna. (laughs) (laughs) Joanna's position as chapter president seemed to spark a chain of women holding important roles in the GMC, which included Laura Woodward, who served as president of the New York section, which no longer exists, and Laura Cowles, who was wife of GMC founder John Cowles, and held, like, a ton of roles in the organization. (laughs) A very long resume. (laughs) Of course, there's other people to mention, as expected, but I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite stories. So one of my favorite stories is the story of the, quote, three musketeers who were the first woman to thru-hike the long trail in 1927. Ooh. Way back there. Did they do it together? (laughs) They did. Cute. I'll have to show you pictures. They're awesome. Yes. So I'm sure there's, like we said, 
before there is information on the internet but not from a lot of different sources <laughs> and i'm sure if you go to like town archives and look at like old newspapers and stuff like that you could find more articles about this but the best article i found was straight from gmc so i'm going to just read some like portions of the article okay and yeah so quote Girl hikers reach Canadian line after walking 300 miles, proclaimed the Rutland Herald on August 25th, 1927. Girl hikers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, three musketeers make 300-mile trip over the long trail in 30 days. End quote. Yeah. I put the Burlington Free Press a few days later. <laughs> Jeez. Similar headlines ran in newspapers across the country. Regardless of the fact that the long trail is not and never was 300 miles. But yeah. <laughs> but at that time, the fact that women had hiked the whole length of, the long- of Vermont was, like, huge. <laughs> huge. Oh, yeah. So, the Young Musketeers, our first female end-to-enders, were Hilda M. Kurth and Kathleen M. Norris of Schenectady, New York, and Catherine E. Robbins of Cornwall, Vermont. Catherine, a Schenectady teacher, and Hilda, an instructor an instructor of mathematics at Brandon High School, had hiked extensively in Alaska the summer before. Okay, Kathleen, cool. yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, Hilda's student and a recent high school graduate, was the one who conceived the idea of the Long Trail Adventure. She was a member of the Green Mountain Club and had, quote, heard many discussions of the trail and visited parts of it. End quote. Now she wanted to hike the long trail before entering college. The three musketeers, we don't know who came up with the moniker, left Williamstown, Massachusetts on July 25th. Each woman carried between 20 and 25 pounds, which is pretty light still by today's standards. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds extra late when we learn that the provisions that they brought included dehydrated vegetables, powdered milk, baking and pancake flour, macaroni, cheese, bacon, crackers, raisins, chocolate, oatmeal, cornmeal, and mapleine, which is basically sap that turned into maple syrup when you add water and sugar to it. Okay. (laughs) That's the most Vermont thing I've ever heard. Oh, they brought maple syrup with them. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. They got pancake mix and maple syrup. The women's packs also held blankets, ponchos, flannel pajamas, a first aid kit, matches, a hatchet, (laughs) a Kodak camera, two axes, and three compasses. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which, I don't know how they were able to stay between 20 and 25 pounds. Well, I guess with three people, but... Yeah, but still. I know. Everything back then was so heavy, too. Yeah, the clothes were heavier. And, like, axes, a hatchet. Flannel pajamas? (laughs) Those cameras in the 20s were not light, either. No! (laughs) Those are huge. The musketeers wore flannel shirts with pockets, breeches, and white lethal stockings to keep the dye from their boots from getting onto their feet so then they wore these like thick heavy wool socks inside of these 14 inch lace up boots what I have to show you a picture <laughs> oh my goodness 
I know. Those are some excessive boots. I know. Also, you know they had no freaking support to them. <laughs> this picture is definitely like colorized. Yeah, it's creepy. It's the first one that popped up. <laughs> <laughs> they like added blush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 maybe not but, but yeah those boots are crazy yeah I like not gonna lie there were a couple moments when I ha- wasn't having the best days where I thought about these ladies <laughs> and I was like you know what I have no freaking excuse because they had to wear those shin high lace up leather boots <laughs> they look like lace up like ri- like heavy like hardcore like riding boots which they probably were a variation of that because because they have a that's heel what they had <laughs> but i can't imagine there was any sort of support in there no which really sucks cuz like i had a lot of foot pain and i can't imagine what they went through <laughs> oh yeah but Anyway, I'm going to skip the whole middle of the article because it's not important. (laughs) And we skip to the end. On August 24th, 1927, Mr. Hammond, the town clerk of North Troy, Mr. and Mrs. Fred Kelly, and Harold F. French of the State Chamber of Commerce hiked up Jay Peak to meet the Musketeers. As the long trail stopped at Jay Peak at the time, it did not reach Canada until three years later, like we talked about before. (laughs) (laughs) The woman then hiked down the east side of the mountain to the highway, which they walked for eight miles through North Troy (laughs) to the border. (laughs) They did go all the way to the border, even though the trail didn't go to the border at the time. Not only did they, like, walk extended just to be, like, that bitch... Yeah. They also walked on the highway, which must have been very different back then. <laughs> yes, and I would imagine, like, I'm scared of walking on the highway now, but, like, I can't imagine those cars they had back then were very directional. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I picture it now. <laughs> <laughs> they arrived at the border at 5.35 p.m. E.C. Jenkins and L.P. Thayer of the chamber were there to greet them. A movie camera recorded the arrival ceremony. Upon returning to North Troy, the hikers were whisked away to a beefsteak and ice cream dinner offended <laughs> by more chamber dignitaries and townspeople. Which I could, that's what I want right now a beefsteak and ice cream dinner. <laughs> I want an ice cream dinner, not beefsteak, but. <laughs> Upon being in interviewed about their news-breaking accomplishment, the Musketeers thought that for those who liked the outdoors, the long trail hike was, quote, the most wonderful trip possible, end quote. They suffered no blisters. What? And had lost little weight, but had, quote, hardened up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) No blisters? Clearly I didn't read this part. (laughs) No blisters. Okay, sounds fake to me. Yeah, that's fake news. (laughs) When they were wet and tired, they brought out a a four-ounce ukulele singing the peppiest thong songs they could think of. No. (laughs) The most ferocious beast they could encounter on the trail was a hedgehog four feet up in a tree. Um, What? what? Oh, okay. It explains it. 
which Catherine expedited with her hatchet. Those were the days when the Long Trail Guidebook encouraged hikers to kill porcupines on site because of the damage they did to shelters. In all, the woman spent 27 days hiking, not counting five rest days. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard a porcupine called a hedgehog before. Yeah, that really, really threw me. I was like, a hedgehog? <laughs> what? I, I was like, am I stupid or are they actually native to this area? <laughs> <laughs> they are not. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I don't know if you knew that. This is something I knew, I, I learned on trail, is that porcupines eat, like, lumber. Oh. So there was a couple shelters that I went to that had, like, little gates out front. <laughs> Because the porcupines would break in and just, like, eat the bunks. No! That's so rude! I know! Oh my god. To wrap up this section, I just wanted to include this quote from GMC in an article that was about women on the Long Trail specifically. Quote, Women have been active members since the club's founding in 1910. They have hiked, snowshoed, camped, and done trail work alongside men. For many years, they were more likely to serve as section secretaries than presidents, and it took six decades before the GMC Board of Directors elected its first woman president, Shirley Strong, in 1969. She was followed by Marty Lothers, Marge Fish, and Jean Haig. In fact, three of the last five club presidents have been women. They said something else, but it didn't seem relevant. So, end quote. (laughs) As expected... I have a bunch of fun facts for you to wrap up this episode. <laughs> Yay! So, there are 67,500 feet in elevation gain from end to end on the long trail. Oof. The highest point is the summit of Mount Mansfield at 4,393 feet. The lowest point is the Winooski River at Jonesville, which is 326 feet. <laughs> There are 88 side trails, which total about 166.6 miles, and it is a thing to hike the long trail side to side, Hmm. which is basically just hiking all the side trails, which makes me laugh, because that includes, like, some little offshoots that are, like, 0.1 miles, (laughs) 0.2 miles, (laughs) or, like, long sections, too, but... It just, so I was looking funny. at the list of them, and the little, like, tiny ones were making me laugh. There's, like, short outlooks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They count <laughs> anything oh with a blue God. blaze. But there are five peaks over 4,000 feet. About 250 people complete the end-to-end thru-hike every year. Hmm. According to hikeandcycle.com, it takes an average of... 619,348 steps to complete the thru-hike. That's so many. And obviously that depends on the person. (laughs) Yours was like twice that. (laughs) Right. On some of my last days that, like, if I was, like, like my brother, like, super tall, oh, how I'd probably have to take, like, half the number of steps that I did. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. I always think that when it gets, like, really steep, and I'm like, come on, now I have to take a whole bunch of little steps. <laughs> right? It's not fair. <laughs> it takes an average of 20 to 30 days to complete the hike. 
There are over 70 overnight shelters along the trail. They say over 70 because there are some that aren't directly on the trail. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a like blurry line <laughs> as yeah. to how many you can actually count as being along the trail. And then finally, I have a list of our fastest known times to just be scared of humans. <laughs> I feel like, is there a documentary where a woman runs this? Yeah, her name's Nikki Kimball. Did we watch it when we lived together? Yeah, it okay. scared me. Yeah, I remember being like, why Why would you ever do this? What's yeah. wrong with her? I felt about all of them. Oh like, my goodness. Uh, this isn't fun. It's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, because the whole documentary, she like screams. She like scream cries through the whole documentary. Yeah, she's like, I haven't slept in so long. She sleeps for like 20 minutes and gets up and starts like sprinting through the night again. They like she has like no skin on her feet. Yeah. Oh god, that was the worst part. Ugh. Oh god. The fastest known. So okay, so I broke it down because there's categories. Okay. So when we talk about supported, that means you have a team that meets you at checkpoints along mm-hmm. the way. Unsupported is you carry everything you need from start to finish, and you're unaccompanied. And self-supported is you resupply in towns so you don't carry everything you need from start to finish, but you don't have a team that meets up with you. Okay. Yeah. So you either, like, mail yourself resupply boxes or go to the store or whatever. Mm -hmm. So our fastest known time for supported. For mail, we have Jonathan Besham. And he completed in four days, 12 hours, and 46 minutes. Oh, my God. On September 11th, 2009. Female, we have Alyssa Godsky. It took her five days, two hours, and 37 minutes on July 31st, 2018. For unsupported, so completely solo, carrying everything you need from start to finish. For male, we have Jeff Garmeyer, who took five days, 23 hours, and 48 minutes on July 24th, 2019. And most recently, female Michaela Osler, six days, 11 hours, 33 minutes on June 17th, 2021. Wowee. She was on the trail at the same time as me. Obviously, I never saw her because she was going so fast. She was like a lightning bolt. Apparently. Yeah. Crazy. And self-supported, we have Joe Stringbean McConaughey, <laughs> who took four days, 23 hours, and 54 minutes. And for a female, we have Jennifer Farr Davis, who took seven days, 15 hours, and 40 minutes. Ooh. And I really wanted to find out who the oldest long trail through hiker was and who the youngest was. But nobody cares about the long trail, so not really been recorded Uh, i did however meet these two gentlemen their trail names were whiskey and paparazzi they were brothers from the cape Mm -hmm. and they were in their late 60s early 70s and they finished the same day i did and they were just so lovely (laughs) oh yeah I'm sorry when i'm 60 or 70 i'm gonna have be on like my third set of knees yeah, they were actually um, kind of speedy. 
It was surprising. Damn. I hate getting shown up when I'm hiking by old people. Yeah. It they weren't, like, I looked faster than them, but they were not far behind. <laughs> <laughs> they did also take four or five days longer than I did, but. Yeah. Who cares? Hike your own hike. Yeah. But exactly. That's uh pretty much it. Do you have no. any questions? Um. No. I'm mostly just, that was very awesome. I did not know anything about the LT before, except for that you had hiked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. And it's also a beer. Um, <laughs> True. But the brewery is not on the trail, which is false advertising. Yeah. It's like many little, miles away. A <laughs> little deceiving. Super deceiving. I was excited. <laughs> little rude. Um... But I'm very excited for your spooky episode. Too, because I keep thinking of things to add. <laughs> Yay! So, yeah, that'll be uh, in a couple episodes. We'll have part two. Yeah. It'll be spooky. <laughs> and I'll probably be good. I didn't know. I'll probably be glad I didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started Googling because I knew I wanted to do a spooky episode for the next one. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, don't include anything that's near where we camp, please. Okay. Oh, yeah. Elmore is like, it's like a couple ridges over, so we're good. (laughs) I was going to say, I won't be coming this summer. (laughs) Haunted campgrounds only. (laughs) But you know how it is. As always, stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and literally where else, wherever else you can get your podcasts. Boop. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. Oh, and I forgot to mention, guys, we passed a thousand listens. Ooh. Like. Over a hundred listens ago. <laughs> while I was gone. I know. I opened up Anchor for the first time in a long time. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're basically famous now. So, Oh, basically. <laughs> um, but if you have any questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com and obviously DM us on any social media and we will probably get back to you (laughs) most likely (laughs) if you enjoyed our episode please rate and review us on itunes and tell your friends and share us on your social media and you know the deal especially now that we're like past a thousand we need your support (laughs) yeah um please it would be really fun (laughs) and we do we like your feedback so if there's stuff you want to hear about hit us up yeah. Um, well, anyways, as always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye. Bye. See you next week. See you next week.